Oh, so I started and then you played the music? Nope. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Hustle Grind Podcast. Podcast with Jason Hartwell and Ryan Chadbourne, focusing on getting shit done in the shop, boys and girls. How you doing today, guys? Great. Quite awesome. lovely. We got a- Got a special episode today with you two. We got uh, the Forge Side Chad jumping on board with y'all. I'm pumped. Well, good day. The whole yeah. Northern Hemisphere covered. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you guys are way down in Georgia, right, uh, Jason? Uh, yeah, I'm in Georgia. Mm. Where are you, Ryan? Maine. Maine? Steve? Yeah. Ontario. Yeah, and I am hailing from the uh, beautiful province of Manitoba up here in huh. Canada, eh? In Winterpeg, right? That's what they call it, yeah, man. It's not so winter right now, man. It's bloody hot. Well, actually, it's not hot this weekend. We got some cool weather, which is awesome because it's leading to getting some work done. That's how you do it, right? Got to hustle when you can, grind when you can't. You know about that good weather window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I absorb it. Well, uh, Jason probably knows even more about it than any of us, right? Being down in Georgia and the heat down there. What's it like down there right now? Right now is actually a really good day. It's only 90. Um, that's kind of way below average for this time of year. There was a day last week where it was, I think the regular temperature was 103, but the feels like temperature was 116. Yeah. And we yeah. had that for a few days in a row, man. That was hell. Like, that yeah, was we had, rough. We had some of that up here in Winnipeg, too. I know Toronto area where, where uh, Steve is hanging out there gets – the humidity gets right gnarly there, so oh, he feels the, the Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be randomly laughing throughout this episode because you fuckers talk funny. <laughs> if you just happen to hear hey, me man, chuckle, you think we don't feel the same way? We got three different accents going on. Golly. In the show. Okay, so if I just randomly chuckle, we can just work right through that. I, I might do the same thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I wanted to, it's a thing. I wanted yeah. to bring it up to you, Lando, because like I get winter. You know, I mean, we get down into the negatives Fahrenheit, but you guys are on a totally different level. I, I don't understand the freedom height, guys. I don't uh, don't know the conversion well. So when it gets down to like minus 40 here, I don't know what that is in, in Fahrenheit whatsoever. I have no idea the comparison. But minus 40 here in the wintertime is like we love hitting that number for some reason. No, that I equates to cold as fuck point three. Yeah, you're literally – you're not doing anything outside, man. You you're It's scary to go outside. You walk out – side and your skin instantly starts to freeze everything starts to hurt right away your car doesn't want to run we have no choice but plug our cars in when it's that cold out because they won't start otherwise right i don't know if it gets quite that cold where you are ryan i'm assuming probably not that bad not for gas vehicles but diesels yes yeah for sure so diesels here have block heaters on them we get down into like minus 20 wind chill fahrenheit which i'm gonna google what mine i think it evens out around minus 40 i think so yeah i think that's how that conversion works i think you're right something about that minus 40 number just kind of is it's where it balances out somehow it's honestly 20 degrees in celsius well there's 20 fahrenheit is minus 28.889 degrees celsius so we get down to like minus 28 you guys temperature 
that's a, that's a decent winter day. Like that's around where I start to decide maybe I'm not going to go snowboarding today. Maybe I will. Ugh, that's hypothermic yeah, weather no, for sure. No, no. Twenty eight. No. How do you guys heat your houses? Uh, well, it's a mixture of gas or um, gas or electric heat in most houses. What are you guys doing for yours? Oil. Oil. Yeah, and not too many people are using oil here. It's the, the occasional. Propane. Oh, propane. Yeah. Yeah. Hank Hill special. <laughs> Propane accessory. <laughs> King of the Hill oh, is yeah. a daily occurrence in my house. Nice. Oh, it's a great show. Great show. Mm-hmm. How cold does it get where you are, Jason? What's the coldest you see? Oh, shit. Like a, a nasty cold day is like 36, 38. So <laughs> not, not freezing temperatures then? Oh, shit, no. You ever get snow there? No. No, not oh. a drop. <laughs> Now it gets it'll get below freezing for a few minutes overnight sometimes, just enough to where like if there's a bucket of water on the porch, there'll be a real thin layer of ice on it in the morning. But that's it, and that's only a few times a year. That right there, that temperature, that's that's my hot spot, man. I like it when it's that temperature, yeah, just cool nice. enough to. We're not yeah. built for that shit down here. <laughs> yeah, I think our blood runs different if you live in a cold environment than a hot environment. Like, it's 90 here right now. It'll be 90 for, like, two days, and I love it. It's, like, ah, like my blood's thinner. <laughs> you know what? In my older age, the heat definitely seems to be something I'm, I'm more in tune with. It could be because of working in the shop and jumping up to that 50 degrees Celsius every once in a while. I do, again, I think in Fahrenheit, that's somewhere around 120 in that region, maybe 130. So when you're hitting that in the shop and you start getting used to that, yeah, yeah, you start to like the warm weather a bit more. You guys are working in like, like I, I know I saw Jason's shop. He was uh, giving me a little bit of a tour there the other day. He's working in a pretty like tight space, so it probably gets bloody hot in there. He's got some good ventilation going on. He was showing me the wicked fan he got through the roof, right? Yeah, it's just wicked, dude. And then you just leave the big open, uh, the overhead door open on it. Yeah, that, that bay door stays open all the time. Yeah. Uh, and the reason, the, the biggest reason is if I close that, there's no windows in my shop and I just don't want to, you know, if someone comes walking up on me or something, I don't want to be surprised. For sure. For sure. What about when it's raining? Can you still work in there when it's pouring rain? Does oh, the yeah. rain come in or? No, no, it's uh I got a porch on the front. Ah, uh, nice. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it, it keeps all the rain out, out of uh, Ryan. Sorry. He's in Mine's the fucking uh, garage Mahal. <laughs> the garage mahal well i heard you got a two-story freaking <laughs> shop going on dude like what the hell i we bought our house last year and my one stipulation was it had to have a shop and it just so happened that the house my wife liked and the house that i was okay with had a two-car two-story garage so that's we don't pimp and it's my area and that's yeah. detached right from the house it's detached, yeah. Right. That's awesome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What kind of power you got out there? Uh, 100 amp circuit. And nice. I, it was no 220 volt breakers, which I think for you guys is like 230 or 240, something like that. 220, 240, yeah. That's, we're jumping to that same region. Yeah, so yeah. I had to put in a couple of 220 outlets, and those like it was just a shell. So I insulated it, covered the walls, put in heat. What did you put for heat? I put in a, at first I put in a propane modine, 
but it sucks up. I mean, it'll go from negative temperatures in here to comfortable in a couple of minutes. Um, hmm. But it, it really loves the fuel. I went through 700-pound propane tanks last winter. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. And then Whoa. So I got sick of buying propane, and I had a wood stove sitting right there, and there's a built-in chimney in the garage, so I just hooked oh. up the wood stove. Oh, well, there you go. That's, yeah. That's the bee's knees. The wood yeah. stove, it takes a little while to get the temperature up in here, but once she's cooking, she's cooking. Like, oh, I'm in here sure. in a T-shirt, and it's negative 20 out. You could get a little uh, forest air thing on the back of the uh, stove or on the chimney, and that'll blow the, the hot air from that around the room. Makes a huge difference, man. It has a spot for a blower. Yeah. Wood stove. Nice. Yeah. Like, to, that, not to blow air into the stove, but to blow the the, the residual heat from outside the stove around the room, right? Yeah, it blows in because yeah. it's, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Probably not. There's a dirt bike in front of it, but it's one of those Ashleys, so it has a shroud around it. Okay. And it blows the air through the shroud and yeah. then it comes out the front. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Makes a huge difference for the uh, the heat buildup. It's mm. awesome. I wish I had a wood stove in my shop. That might be uh, something to look into. I'll tell you what, though, man, the seven 100-pound propane tanks that you went through, thats I, I wish that's all that I had for a uh, a bill this winter because my hydro bill, that's that's our electricity, was mm-hmm. literally six $700 every month easily. Jesus. Yeah. So, and that was, what, six months of that this year? Because our winter yeah. was just brutal this year, man. So much snow. Did you guys get a ton of snow where you were? No, we haven't had a lot of snow in a couple of years. Mm, that's too bad. Good old global yeah. warming. Yeah. Oh. yeah. A lot of people who don't live in warm or cold climates don't know that snow actually helps with your insulation. It does. Big so time, if, man. If your walls get covered in snow on the outside, it acts as an extra layer of insulation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally does. Well, it stops the, the cold wind from just sucking all the heat right out of the building right away, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, just, it's kind of the idea of uh, of an igloo or, or you know, if a Quonset, yeah, if you yeah. build build one of those out of snow and you're inside of that, it, it'll still be cold because you're, you're sitting on ice or whatever, but you can put a blanket down and it's actually can get pretty warm inside one of those things. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, most heat loss is just poor ventilation, like uh, air leaks around your windows and doors. Yep. And when you get that air blowing through, it's literally dollars being blown out of your house. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, man, I kind of wonder about something with you, Jason. Like, I know you're in a pretty humid area, dude. Mm-hmm. Where? How do you deal with the humidity? You just don't have an option. It just sucks. I mean, there, there's no dealing oh. with it. But what about the machinery and stuff like that? Do you have to make sure like everything's like oiled right up, or like it's just everything goes to rust on you? Oh or? no, no, it's not that bad. I mean, it's okay. it's humid, but it ain't like we're not tropical or nothing like that. So I mean, all my equipment just stays. I think enough dust stays on my equipment to keep the moisture off, really. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like just an absorption layer. But yeah, we don't have to worry about nothing like that. Cool. But once you start sweating, you don't stop. Like if you Ugh. if you go to the shade, you just sweat more. Ugh. No, those are oh. dreaded days. Yeah, yeah it just swamp ass rolls off Ugh. you all day, it's dripping down the crack of your ass. And 
It's gross. It's, yeah, <laughs> it gets so rough. Gross. It gets rough. I'd, I'd rather freeze almost. I don't know. It's such a tough call. My wife wanted to move to Costa Rica. She's got this dream that we're going to live in Costa Rica one of these days when we retire something on the beach. And I'm just like, yeesh. Yeah. As long as that air conditioning's <laughs> working, I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah, have fun with that one. Right. Oh, I'm going to be on the beach in four days. Where to? No, we're going fishing. We're going to be, we're going to get down to Florida on Thursday. Right. You're going to go deep sea fishing or whatever, right? Or yep, is that yep. what they call it? Yep. First time ever. That's so rad, dude. Oh, I heard about fun. that. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm pumped up, dude. It's going to be so much fun. I keep looking yeah. at the charter boat that we're going on has a Facebook page. So they're constantly putting up pictures of, you know, what they caught every day. And they're killing it. Like they're bringing in tons and tons of humongous fish. So that's uh, yeah. Brian House, where he used to do that back in the day. I think he used to take people out on his boat fishing, eh? Yeah, I think years and years ago he was a guide. Yeah, that's some pretty rad shit, man. That's got to be uh, got to be a fun job taking people out fishing. I mean, when how often do you think you have a bad day when it comes to that kind of stuff, eh? Right. Well, I guess your boat breaks down. There's always that. Well, That'd even a crazy. bad day of fishing is better than a good day on the couch. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all do some ice fishing up there, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whiskey mandatory. Yeah. I grew yeah. up ice fishing as a little kid. My grandpa and my dad used to take me out ice fishing when I was like right young. And uh, I don't know. I don't have too fond of memories of it because back in those days, you didn't have a tent or a shack or anything like that. You're sitting on the ice. You got like 12 holes and you're running from hole to hole, checking on, on the fish and stuff. And you end up freezing your freaking feet off bad, dude, in those days. Nowadays, everyone's got these pop-up tents with propane heaters in them and shit like that, man. It's insane. Yes. My buddy has an Xbox in his ice shack. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he just sits there and plays Xbox and does a Wi-Fi network off his phone. Does he even fish? Yeah. he's. They have a hole in the middle of the shack. <sighs> so you never have to leave the shack. They don't do, like, random ones across the ice. They just do the one. Can imagine the the live feed on his Xbox in the middle of like you know what is it tough Call of Duty there he's swearing at some guy about getting shot and the next thing you know he's swearing at the guy because he lost his fish. <laughs> Pause. I got a bite. Yeah, I don't enjoy ice fishing. It's weird too because I don't enjoy riding snow sleds either. Interesting. That's it's interesting. too cold, man. I I don't like being cold. There is that for sure. You know I what can I mean? Relate like, to that. It's yeah. not comfortable to be cold unless you're pickle. Well, you know what? I have there, there's a thing with that though because he he me and him align on that. And it's not about being comfortable in the cold. It's about the passion for falling down a mountain. Yeah, I could Gra- gracefully, that. gracefully that is right. The the adrenaline rush and yeah, you don't even beautiful. know it. You don't even realize it's cold, dude. You really don't. Until you're on the chairlift and you're heading back up the hill again, you don't even know it's cold. And he doesn't even do half of that. He's usually out splitboarding all the time, so he's walking up the mountain or skiing up the mountain. You put special skins on your skis so they actually stick to the snow so you can go uphill with them. Oh. Yeah. And then you then once you get to the top of the hill, you take your skis off and they actually um, clip together to create a snowboard, throw your bindings on and slide down the hill 
So, Steve, why don't you tell us about yourself? You're the new co-host of the Forge Side Chat. Yep, yep. I didn't know a whole lot about you. When Lando kept mentioning your name, I was like, I don't know who that is. Is that your alter ego or what's going on here? (laughs) No, no, I just just don't have much or any of a social media presence. So I just kind of, I fly under the radar and uh, (laughs) I kind of like it that way, to be honest, but... You know, but I, I've been being pushed out more. So, you know, I got, got myself an Instagram and I put my shit on there and just, uh, yeah, I've been just plugging away at this. Uh, well, well, for a while now, at least. So what do you, what are you making? Do you make knives? Do you, are you just a blacksmith? Um, I'm, I'm kind of all, I, yeah. Okay. So I do do knives. Um, I do pipes. I do some general blacksmithing. Uh, in the earlier days, I did I did armor, but now folks folks in the uh, in uh, Europe are doing much better work, much much cheaper. So I'm just like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to waste my time on that. But um, no, mostly mostly these days, knives, axes, and pipes. I have a couple nice. head shops up around me. They want to carry my pipes for. Uh, you know the old, the old four twenty, but uh, are they glass pipes or are you making them out of metal? Oh no, I I've, I forged the bowl and I I I put a wooden spout in them. Nice. They join together, kind of like uh, like a, a a pipe hawk would on on an axe, except uh, there's no blade. It's actually kind of a messed up thing if you look at it like I didn't really understand it the first time Steve showed it to me and then he kind of tried to explain it to me and I was like whoa 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 now I'm not understanding how these things are put together <laughs> so he kind of sent me some pictures of it and it's it's not what you would think it is when it comes to the bowls it's a, it's an interesting way to put everything together dude he's got some on his Instagram if you check it out oh, yeah. what's your Instagram uh, it's bad underscore llama underscore forge Llama like the animal. Yep, that's llama it, like man. the animal. LLA. He's got a he's got a llama at his house. That's why it's a bad uh, llama too. Does it's it little... spit and shit? Uh, it's never spat at me, but uh, <laughs> can't say much for the cyclists who get too close to the fence. <laughs> is it is it a spit or does it gleek? Uh, Ooh, that's a yeah. that's a good. Uh... Couldn't tell you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Have to go ask the llama, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, you're welcome to go. Well, we got two people on show here that have uh, weird oddities when it comes to the animals in their lives. We got Jason's got ducks, and we got Steve with a llama. What about Ryan? You got any weird animals? I got two dogs that are my entire world. Oh, and beauty, dude. And three kitties. Yeah. Nice. I got a Maine Coon cat named Gay. That I found in the junkyard, and then we got an orange tabby named Leopold Butters Coakley. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and we got another cat. Her name's Grace, and she's the craziest of them all. She's the youngest one, though. Yeah, so I named her Grace. I nice. call her Poop Poop Nose because she has a brown spot on the tip of her nose. <laughs> What'd you name the ducks, Jason? Um. I'll tell you later. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> nice. That's not nice. really a uh, a public knowledge. I could get some hate mail for my ducks' names. We'll just leave it at that for now. <laughs> oh God, man! You guys smoke a lot, eh? I do. Yeah. Is it just cigarettes you're smoking, or what? No, this is a tobacco-less cigar. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. One of those, eh? Interesting. Yeah. Making me want one. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I decided not to divulge in that prior to the podcast so I could be on my A game here. You don't want me going down that road. Otherwise, I'll be uh, doing the whole like, huh? What were we talking about again? Well, we've (laughs) tried that before, remember, Lando? Yeah, that was, oh, God. We ended up having to scrap an entire recording because me and this guy were just fucking out of this world, dude. It was was ugly. (laughs) You do any of that, Jason? No, not for me. Yeah, is it even legal, legal where you are? No, yeah. no. I mean, I got a ton of friends that do. It's on paper, it's illegal, but it's not really a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go to Walmart and smoke one in the parking lot, but it's not really a big deal at all. But um, it's just not for me. You know, like you I said, I guys here either. Yeah, you get guys smoking it on the patios here nowadays. Well, I mean, yeah. people do at their house all the time. You know, just go. No, out. I mean like at restaurants. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, not it's crazy, here. man. You go to any sort of public event nowadays, and it just the the air is just ripe with it, man. It's insane. They uh, they added it to the DUI laws here, so you can't smoke it in public. Uh, but other than that, it's fully legal. Like I got some babies growing on my back deck right now. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's actually the part that they didn't legalize in Manitoba. We're not allowed to grow our own. Oh, well, oh sucks. They set they set like a really fair law with it here. Uh, every adult over the age of twenty one can have three flowering plants at one time. That's beautiful, dude. Yeah, and, yeah. and the people who set those laws must not know how much weed you get off one plant. Well, how much you can get off of one plant because it, yeah. it can vary. You could get as little as like. You could get like a gram off of a plant if you don't take care of it very well. You could get fucking 12 pounds off of a plant if you look at some of the guys <laughs> that in California, for crying out loud. Yeah, if you're good at it and you know what you're doing when it comes to growing, then you can yield oh, yeah. stupid amounts off one plant. Yeah. And, but that depends on the size of the pot, if it's in ground. Like mine are in 20-gallon pots. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they get about six, seven feet tall before the roots bind. That's still a huge, dude. That's yeah. massive. Yeah. What are you feeding them? Uh, what's it called? General hydroponics. It's like yeah, a, it's a the three part. Set. Yeah, yeah. the, the do like green, red, and purple. Yep, that's yeah. the stuff. And yeah. then uh, for bugs, I use the stuff called Lost Coast spray, and cool. it's it's amazing. Like I've been spraying it, and the wind has caught it and blew it into my eyes, and it doesn't burn your eyes. Like I've gotten it in my mouth; it doesn't taste like anything. You huh. can use it until the day before harvest, mm. and it's and it's totally organic. So that's sweet. It's a it's a really good option, and it's cheap. Like uh, one ounce of liquid makes one gallon of spray. And you're doing that all outdoors. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. You guys get a way better growing period than we do here in Manitoba, though. So there's there is that as well. Like in Manitoba, it's almost hard to get a full cycle in we can push ours if we're lucky and the cold holds off we can push ours till late october and that gives us about four months four or five months 
Yeah, we gotta really? we gotta be pulling by early October generally. Yeah, I pulled mine down in October last year because they started to rot. So really, oh mm-hmm. shoot! Does a, you get a lot of fog at my house? Uh, but I've, I've since learned a trick to combat that. So, you know, it's a process. You have mistakes or whatever. Like I didn't use any bug spray last year and it was a fucking problem. Like Hmm. aphids and little tiny inchworms and stuff like that. Like you're always, you're always battling with them. Huh? I've never, um, played with outdoor stuff really all too much so it's not something i've got a lot of experience on but um you know what is this the horticulture podcast or the uh the hustle and grind <laughs> podcast here what are we talking i guess it's a little hustle and grind in there right yeah we wig it it's like a tribute to the episodes pickle was on you know him and i talked weed all the time jason just kind of sat there silent yeah, well, I mean, if that's he doesn't have a lot to put into it, then what can he say, right? Yeah, that's the thing about the U.S., you know, I mean, every, the laws here are different state by state. Oh, man. The pocket knife I carry on a daily basis, I couldn't leave the state with. They're legal Dude. here. They're not legal in New Hampshire. We don't like to talk politics on our podcast. We find that it's a very... Oh man, it, it, it's a dicey area to get into when you start talking about right. politics because everyone's got their own opinion on what is what. Oh, right. Fuck sake, but it, it's holy fuck, you, watching you what's going on in yeah, watch watching what's going on in the United States right now. People are so fucking divided, dude. Holy shit, man, it's really it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. It's like, not good. That's for sure. Like neighbor against neighbor type shit. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I I have no no I I don't even know what to say when it comes to the whole scenario. All I can say is you know what, it's the 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 beauty of politics, man. We really we're we're in a system where we just get pulled one way or the other. We mm-hmm. you know, um, I look at it from like a centrist libertarian point of view. Um, I don't want any rights on either side to be taken away for anything. I, yeah. I think, you know, big government's a terrible thing. Um, I agree. Also, I but feel necessary. like we're politics are a cycle and we're in a cycle right now. And yeah. this stuff has happened before and it'll sort itself out or it won't. Yeah. You know, what, what can we do about it? You know, like going on Facebook every day and, Virtue signaling out to the world is not going to change a goddamn thing. Oh, oh yeah. dude, you're, I could tell you all about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not only is it not going to change a thing, but then you're alienating your friends who don't agree with you. you yeah, know? you might you might lose a friend or two. That happens, and, and that's yeah. unfortunate. It shouldn't yeah. be that way. You yeah, know? you might you might end up not having uh, the same co-host on your podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those. Those conversations, I feel, should be had face-to-face, and things like politics shouldn't be on social media. Yeah. I can't say that that's... I can't say that that is what came between myself and and other people, for sure, when it comes to what I just said there, because there's there's a lot that goes into that whole, whole scenario. But, dude, I'll tell you what, man opinions can really suck. And I, I've, I want to say I've learned my lesson on that one and just it's maybe sometimes shut your mouth. Right. 
or, you know, not so much shut your mouth, but because we all have a right to speak, but some fights aren't worth fighting. You know what I mean? Like nobody's ever going to change anybody else's mind. If it's something that Mm -hmm. they believe in, it's really unfortunate that that's what came between you and Justin. Cause I really like Justin, but him and I don't agree on anything. Well, I don't, I, like I said, I don't think it is necessarily what came between us. I'm sure it didn't help, but the dude's busy as fuck, man. Oh, like, hell yeah. So, are we allowed to swear? In? Yeah, we swear yeah. in your podcast. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck the fucking fuckers. Like I don't know. Take off, eh? Yeah. You hoser. <laughs> eh? But, but Justin is literally busy as snot, man, and uh, I... I feel where he comes from with having to step away from things because he was he was really taking on a lot when it came to the podcast, plus running the Manitoba Blacksmith Guild as well. Like I, I had YouTube. to make a decision. Yeah. I had to make a decision. Either it was either the podcast or the Blacksmith Guild and the Blacksmith Guild has has the people to run it. They're doing good. And in all honesty, I'm not the best person, I don't think, when it comes to running that kind of organization. Like I I I shouldn't have been put in that position whatsoever right from the beginning. And I think Justin taking on the head of that, he's he's a really good person to be running the organization and, and working with the crew he's working with. They'll do, do do good things. They are doing good things. They, they've had a hammer in not that long ago that was really great. They had a, uh, a joinery demonstration go on by a gentleman, Tyler Dyes, from Humboldt, Saskatchewan. He came in for that. And they've got another one going on. There's a... Uh, what's called Fort Gibraltar. It's in downtown Winnipeg and they're going to be having an event at that. It's an historical uh, location that is uh, used yearly by the uh, city of Winnipeg for an event called Festival de Voyager. And the uh, blacksmithing group has a strong connection to that because there's a, a blacksmith shop that's at the, uh, at the fort. So they'll be utilizing that for hammer. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that's where Justin shines, man. And having him on the podcast stuck behind a computer for four hours a night editing the podcast was, that was, you know, not where he shines. Well, he did really good at that stuff too. He's just, awesome work but no he did he, really well at that. he just shines man he's a shining beam of light that guy and you know what yeah you, maybe you don't agree with him here and there but he's a he's a good dude man he's so he cool. absolutely is i i love justin and I, I respect the shit out of him and his work and everything he does but if we're making a comparison on politics yeah we don't agree on a lot of stuff it's fine yep. it doesn't There's even that. matter you know i, I mean everybody's brain works differently. Everybody views things from their own perspective. And if we don't agree, cool. What are you working on? Like, I don't care. doesn't matter to me. Do right. Do right. Speaking about what you're working on, what mm. are you working on right now in the shop? Me? How about yeah, we man. ask Jason? Cause Jason's got, yeah, good call. Jason, buddy. Got a <laughs> fucking short sword for meat going on over there. It really, it looks <laughs> like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that knife is designed by the customer. So, well, it was designed using his ideas. You know, he gave me kind of a very rough idea of what he was looking for. I drew some pictures, sent him some pictures on paper, and he said, yeah, no, yeah, no. And we, we came up with that design. It has the shape of a brisket knife with – it's not – all the way offset so there's no the handle doesn't come up and then go back but the handle is kind of at a tilted angle from the blade so the blade when it's making start or contact with the surface that's you know cutting board whatever the 
the blade, the, the handle kind of comes up at just a very slight angle. And uh, he's going to actually use it to clean walleye. Oh. But, yeah, I, I put some hashtags on there talking about barbecue and brisket and all that kind of stuff because, really, that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's totally, now that you say that, you showed it to me yesterday when we were yeah. talking, and that's, I see that big time, dude. Yeah. Uh, he said that if he if he likes it, he's going to get him another one. But, uh, unfortunately, he's not anytime soon because my books are closed. Oh, yeah. But, uh yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear because I was listening to the podcast a few months ago and you were talking about how you were starting to wonder if maybe you got to go back into doing the renovations and stuff like that because things were kind of going a little slow for you. So I'm, I'm happy to hear your books are closed, dude. That's awesome. Well, no, the books are closed because it was too slow. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the middle of starting oh. a whole new business. And, oh, uh, no way. Yeah. So I've got five four orders left once those four are done the knife shop is going to be it's going to go back to my happy place no for for the past two years it's been a job and it's been so slow going you know that i've i've had to like just focus on orders i couldn't do nothing fun i couldn't build what i want yeah so i'm gonna take that shop back to i can build what i want when i have time without a deadline i can try new things you know i can think outside of a box and, you know, back in the day, it was like therapy for me, going down there hitting the grinder. Like, I just zone out. I get to just lose the world. But mm. recently, I go down there, and it's just stressful as fuck because I'm grinding on one blade, but I'm thinking, okay, well, as soon as I get this one done, I got to do that one. And I'm just, I don't, I don't want to do knives full-time. It seemed like a good idea because it was fun, but doing it full-time takes the fun out. Hmm. For me, Makes anyway. Work. I No, I've heard that lots dude that's you're not the first person to say that and honestly i struggle with that a little bit at my my shop as well i mean i'm not making the knives but there's things i want to make there's things that people want me to make and then there's things that my wife wants me to make as well and it's just like oh boy where do i even start yeah it's those things that the wife wants you to make that really starts to stress you out because you had everything laid out and then out of the corner out of out of nowhere oh can you do this or can you do that and oh geez the honey do list it's <laughs> like so wait your turn woman yeah yeah, yeah. but but, I, but i'm the priority <laughs> you uh you, you guys got a set of your own knives at home jason or i have probably five five knives at home um all of them except for one pairing knife that I specifically made for my wife out of some pink and blue and black uh, handle material that she bought at Blade like five years ago. I made her a knife. Other than that, all the ones that are in my kitchen, there's there's a problem somewhere. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like there's something just wasn't quite right, so I had to redo it. Still perfectly fine as a functioning tool, but as far as sending it out and getting paid money for it, Something yeah. didn't meet my yeah. own, you know, criteria or whatever. Quality control, I guess. Are you pretty <clears throat> do you find that you're pretty tough on yourself when it comes to that kind of stuff? If you find anything that you're not happy with, you're just like, Nope, I'm not selling it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I've always been that way, but especially when I went full time, because it was always in my head like, okay. Like when I'm looking at a knife, I know it sounds crazy. There's two sides to a knife. If you're looking from the butt down the down the spine of the knife, the left side, I call it the driver's side. 
the right side, I call it the passenger side. I don't know why. But the driver's side is what you take a picture of. You know, that's where your your touch mark is, all that kind of stuff. And you always want to make sure that you can take a good picture. But even if it's something on the other side, behind the finger troll that no one will ever see, if it's fucked up, it's fucked up. You know, the customer's going to see it. And hmm. so I'm always worried about reviews. That's like my biggest thing. Is I, If somebody talks shit, that can kill you. That can ruin a business. So if I can just keep them from having anything to talk shit about, I'm doing good. You brought something up about that last episode, Ryan. You dealt with mm-hmm. somebody that called you back on a knife that you had made that they had their hands on, but it turned out in the long run that it wasn't a knife you actually had sold. It was a knife that you had given away. Mm-hmm. I, can't, yeah. I can't remember. Did you? Are you remaking it for them, or where did you go with that? I'm making them a different one. You are, eh? That's pretty awesome, yeah, dude. Out of 80 CRV2. That one was 1095, or it might have been 1075. I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about this, maybe, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, because it's something that, this is something I struggle with, is the idea of making knives and not being fully certain of what I'm doing yet, and putting those knives in somebody else's hand and it coming back on me, just like what you're dealing with. Where where do you feel is the point you have to get to before you decide to start putting your knives out there. Oh, geez. I don't know. I gave that one to a friend. <laughs> it, he was my neighbor and we worked together and I, uh, it was like, couldn't have been the 10th knife I ever made. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I totally forgot about it. And then when he sent me the picture, I was like, Oh fuck, I forgot about that one. But that was still like, you know, in the hobby phases, I didn't even have a Facebook page yet. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't so, consider that, that to be a phase of where you started putting your knives out there. You know what I mean? Like when you start, yeah. when I say you start putting your knives out there, you put a dollar amount on your knives. Yeah. I think that was probably the point where I decided I wanted to make them to sell because then how do you know, like if you're not going to ever sell them, then who gives a shit if they're any good or not? You know what I mean? Well, you if you've got the the intuition that you're going to be selling them eventually. Yeah, but that could also be a confidence thing too, you know. Once you get it in your own head that you're ready to give out knives to get feedback on. You know what I mean? Yep. And that was the whole point of giving that yeah. knife away specifically was just to get feedback if it was a good knife or not. Yeah. And Oops. I didn't like, I was so confused when I got the message from the guy. Cause I don't know you, bro. You live, <laughs> you live across the country and I've never sold you a knife and we don't have any mutual friends. And that's because, um, the guy I gave the knife to is an old, older fella. He doesn't have Facebook or any of that shit. He don't do the social medias, you know? Right. But I think that's the, that's where you have to start is giving your knives away to people so that you can get that feedback to, that tells you, you know, like, oh, maybe your your heat treat wasn't quite, quite on point because I'm losing my edge too quick or, you know, your handle your handle's just a little funny in the thumb area and you need to do something about that or the, the heel of your, your handle is just kind of doesn't sit right in the, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's where you got to go with that, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. because even the even though we're artists and we're hard on ourselves, we're still biased to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like you need that outside perspective like 
when Mike Jones won my raffle, Mike Jones knife and tool, I yeah. was so nervous about him getting my knife. I was so nervous. I mean, and it ended up it ended up good in the long run, but you know what I mean? That pressure of holy fuck, like you know, Mike Jones is legit. Fuck yeah. He speaking gets knife. Yeah, go so, ahead. Yeah, speaking of Mike Jones, there's something with that too that <clears throat> so like he's he's same idea, man. You know, started off from nothing, built himself up to the point where he's made a really awesome name for himself. He's putting out quality stuff. And now he's at a point where he's so freaking busy. He's reaching out to somebody like, um, oh, shoot, what the heck is the kid's name here in Winnipeg that he reached out to that's out of North Forge? Oh, wow. Is this, if this, I dropped the name. Shoot, 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 shoot. There's, there's a guy, kid here in town that he's dealing with that does... Um, water jetting for him water jets out like a hundred blanks for him sends them back to him and he's slapping handles on them throws his name on it and then he's selling these knives as as his knives now this is something that's come up before in our podcast where it's a matter of at that point are you making production knives are you do you call them handmade where where does that lie when it comes to a guy like you know, a small maker like Mike Jones, you know, for me, when I'm buying a custom handmade knife, I want to know that that guy specifically built just that knife and not a hundred of them to sell to, to people. Right. Like, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? We've had that I, conversation here before too. We had it with Mike Jones on the show. Yeah. I, th- I thought so. I thought maybe that it came up with Mike Jones. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't recall exactly the extent of that conversation. I think there's a line to it. And I think Mike Jones is still well within that realm of being able to call them handmade because all he's doing is cutting out the, the profiling process, which is a, it's a skillless, mindless process. Pretty much, you know, you're just cutting it out with an angle grinder and profiling the outside edges on your, on your grinder. He's just cutting out that end of the process and having blanks made. Um, I don't know if it's wrong with that. If he was having bevels ground in and you know what I mean? Like basically getting finished knives and then slapping a handle on them. That's a different story. Um, I, I, I see that. Yeah. Bevels are part of the individual flair to it. You know, if, if you do them by hand or off a work rest, or even if you use a jig, it still takes skill. It still takes skill and every maker like none of us grind the same you know what i mean like we all have the way we hold our hands how far we push our fingers you know like how we work off the pivot point of your bevel line like all that shit we all do it just slightly differently so so in in other words it's kind of like where the uniqueness and the knife comes into play is in the beveling you figure right yeah yeah see i i I don't really have um, enough experience in the knife world to know more about that per se. But like, you know, when, when I think about the guys cutting out just the blank itself, like the getting that water jet blank, I mean, what's the difference between getting a hundred of those water jet versus taking your sample blank, throwing it on a piece of steel, tracing it out, and then cutting that exact same thing out and just doing that with an angle grinder a hundred times. It's no different than setting. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's time. It's time. But either either process is going to end up with the same result, right? Right. And and from a business perspective where Mike Jones is at the level now, 
where he has to look at it from a business perspective. It's way more cost effective to just buy a sheet, have the blanks cut on a water jet and pay that one time fee to the guy who cuts them. than it is to take all the hours and hours it would take to profile out, cut out and profile out a hundred knives, drill holes mm-hmm. and all that shit because the water jets puts the holes in too. Yeah. And you, you know, abrasives, cutting discs, filters, whatever, um, abrasives for your grinder i think on the back on the back end when you're up to that volume it makes more monetary sense to just have them cut out now i gotta wonder do you think going into the beveling process that it's capable for the maker like somebody like mike jones to replicate his bevel over and over and over again to the point where it's almost indistinguishable if it was a machine or if it was Mike Jones that did it. I don't know. I'd have to see a batch of his knives in person. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You'd have to hold them and look at, like, this bevel, this bevel, this bevel. If they're all a little bit different, that adds the flair and the character of a handmade knife. If they're all identical, that could mean two things. Either they are, like, fully machine-made, or he's just that fucking good. <laughs> but it, you know what I mean? But it, it would be very hard to replicate a hundred identical knives in a row. Yeah, I don't think, even as good as he is, like every bevel would be good, but it wouldn't be the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it might come up the side just a little higher. Or the plunge yeah. line might be a little more forward or a little further back. Or Yeah, there's a so many variables. Yeah, like I'm just kind of trying to think to myself like at what point if you bought a production mike jones knife and i bought a production mike jones knife and we sat next to each other where is where's the differentiation going to come into play how are we going to tell the difference between my knife and your knife and is it going to matter well mine will be blue and yours will be pink yeah (laughs) i don't think it would matter Uh, i don't think so at all you know i mean mike He's not he's not like going on Jants and ordering a hundred pre made blanks, you know what I mean? Or having mm-hmm. them shipped over wherever from wherever, but he's just having a sheet of steel cut out on a water jet versus we cut out sheets of like smaller sheets of steel. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's uh Tobin did the same thing. Tobin was getting sheets of steel cut out for the longest time, too. He had a guy in his end of town. He bought a massive sheet of 1095, and he would just go to them and say, I need uh, so many cut out. Can you cut me a bunch of blanks? Yeah. It's It's a time saver, basically. It it, increases your output and performance. Um, And then you can concentrate on grinding your bevels instead of, you know, Oh, I got to profile another 50 blades and then I can start grinding the bevels and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm. And it's not like he's still heat treating them himself. As far as I know, right. that's another aspect of it too. Are you, are you hiring out your heat treat? Well, see to me, the heat treat is that there's nothing personable when it comes to that. There's, there's a, a formula that you have to follow. And if you don't follow it, then you're not following it and you should be right. So, I mean, if I do the heat treatment on my knife versus sending out my batch of knives to get heat treated by by somebody else, I mean, no one's going to know the difference, right? You're never going to see the difference. Yeah, unless they suck at heat treating. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. The, you yeah. you got to hope if you're sending your knives somewhere to be heat treat, treated by batch that it's going to be a place that does a, you know, some sort of quality control there. I, I'm not a big fan of that, of having somebody else do the heat treat, because that removes accountability for if the steel is good or not. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally, Absolutely. dude. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Or if like you send out a blade to be heat treated and it comes back looking like a piece of bacon, you know, you got a problem. Oh. Yeah. I don't think they straighten them. Really? I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that because I've never paid somebody to do my heat treat, but I don't think they straighten the blades for you. Like, they just heat treat them. I know that Justin's been offering to do heat treatment for people because he's got himself a uh, an even heat now in his shop. You guys running even heats or kilns of any sort? My homemade one right there. Oh, yeah, there that's right. Yeah, that's huge, dude. Nice. Very nice. I wish I'd made. Oh. Oh. Sound like you broke a dinner plate. I hope it didn't fucking break. (laughs) It it didn't have that thousand pieces sound to it. It sounded like it stayed in one piece. Hold on. We'll find out. And then I'll show it to you because I was going to show you what I've been working on. Sure. You You got a heat treating oven, Jason? No, I still heat treat out of a forge. Yeah. But I've been doing it so long. I've got it down. Pretty much to a science. Oh. I don't really have any issues anymore. That wasn't a dinner plate. <laughs> oh, frick. Oh, we all right? She's good. She's oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> it landed right on the tip, too, and you can't even tell. Holy shit. On concrete. On concrete. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Sick. That's, That's a nice groove on there, dude. Flexing. Look at him flex. I yeah. put that tape on the other side, but... Oh, how'd you get that blue be... finish? I like that. Huh? I said, how'd you get that blue finish? I like that. <laughs> That's that 3M finish. <laughs> so, uh, I'm working on that one, and then there's this big fucker. That's dope. That's for the oh, yeah. Family, Todd Harrington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, he's going to like that. It's not glued up yet. Do you, yeah. do you pin something like that as well, or just glue? Just glue. Oh, yeah. I cut just... slots in the tang to catch the epoxy, so you have kind of like a finger joint on the tang. There you go. <clears throat> but you want to be able to take it apart if the handle ever fails, or, you know, without having to smash it in a vise, or you just right. boil it in water and pull the handle off. Ah, that's a good trick right there. Boil it in water and it comes apart. The epoxy will get soft around 240 degrees again, and you can just pull it right out. Cool. Yeah, I've had mm. to do that a time or two. Huh. Interesting. And 240 won't hurt your temper. You know, boiling, it's not going to fuck up your temper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get it up above, well, around the 400 mark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jason's telling me that he does his heat treatment out of a forge. When you're doing that, Jason, was it into uh, into water or oil or is that? Oh, no. I guess that's the... no, it's an oil. Yeah, what kind of oil are you using? Canola. Canola. I have used so... Parks Fifty before, and I'm just convinced that I I got a bad batch somehow because huh. I heat treated probably twenty five or thirty knives in that oil. And at least 15 or 20 of them came out with cracks. So 
I mean, oh, it was way more than half of the blades I was clenching were breaking with the well, same batch of steel that I've been using. And because I ordered my steel in bulk by the sheet. So that was the only variable. I went back to canola and hadn't had a problem since. If I'm not mistaken, Parks 50 is more viscous than canola oil. It, like it's more watery. Mm-hmm. So it could it could have been doing the heat treatment too fast for your where you were doing your heat treatment type thing or how how you were doing your heat treatment. It just it snapped that uh, that austenite too fast, right? Is that what it is? It's the austenite snap, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been doing this a long ass time. I know there's a word called martensite and one called austenite, and then there's some crystallines and some. Uh, Something else is, I don't know nothing about all that. See, this is the problem that I have is I sit down with guys like Rick Marchand and he starts dumping this science on me. Or I listen to Knife Talk and I hear them bring on um, Laren Thomas there and he starts spilling his knowledge. And I'm just like, I know nothing. I can't do this yet. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I listen to other guys like yourself, Jason, that are just like, nope. I got it down like this. I know it works, and I stick with it because it does the jo- does a job. And yeah, man. Well, my heat heat treat schedule. I follow what New Jersey Steel Barons has on their website. You know, because they've got a heat treat recipe for all the steels that they have. So, I mean, I'm heat treating out of a forge, but I've got an infrared thermometer that I check the steel with, and I've got mm. a probe that goes into my oil that I can check the temperature of the oil. And all it is is a uh, I don't know, it's like 12 inches long. It's a, a thermometer designed to go on the side of a pot. Like if you're deep frying a turkey, right? I just put it right on the side of my pipe that's got my, my oil in it. And uh, I just heat up a piece of rebar or something and stick it in there, and that usually to gets warm, it up to temperature. To warm it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how big of an oil canister are you using for quenching? It's a four-inch PVC pipe, and it's probably four foot high. Oh wow, crazy! That's what you're using to quench in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy, dude. That that's that's dicey, man. If you cut a hole in that PVC pipe by accident, that's gonna be a a scary mess, dude. It's oh, four inch schedule eighty. It's like three eighths of an inch thick walls. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, yeah, if I cut right that, there. like I I gotta tape it and brag because I just built a bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got uh, uh, a flower pot. And put a little bit of concrete in it and stuck the pipe down in there. So it's got like a solid base, but where it doesn't want to tip, but it's yeah. not like bolted to a bench leg or none of that stuff. And I can move it around easily. I've seen guys doing their heat treat and rubber made buckets. And I'm just like, holy oh. fucking, you guys are insane, man. Yeah, I can't do that. I used to use oh. a big ass ammo can, but yeah. with longer chef's knives. You know, you can get them in there, but it's got to be at an angle. And then you don't really have enough room to agitate, you know, and plus going into a vertical tank, you can agitate up and down. So you don't have to worry about that. I guess the resistance, if you're heat treating, you know, or waving your blade side to side, getting the wiggle in it just from the, I don't want to say water pressure because it's oil, but you know, yeah, the pressure of the liquid on the blade. Yeah, I always wondered about that with quenching a knife. If you have to be really careful about shaking side to side because it'll actually start to warp your blade on you. It definitely can. Yeah, eh? But just mm-hmm. up and down is, you know, the way to go huh. for me. Sometimes you got to do an edge quench. You know, you can't do that in a vertical tank. So that's when the 
when the ammo can still comes in handy. I've always wondered about that edge quench too, man, because you're putting just the edge in and you're now you're burning your oil like big time, man. Like I don't want to be doing that with my Parks 50. That's going to kill your Parks 50 to do that. Canola oil is not a big deal. You can sacrifice some canola oil, but when you're burning your oil like that, you're, you're like ruining the oil in a way. Like, do you find that you have to change out your oil very often or? No, cause I mean, you're not really letting it burn, but a few seconds. So when I do an edge quench, and I mean, it's, this could be my own way. I don't know. But when I put the edge in, you know, I put it in, I agitate real light back and forth just to keep that water jacket off or vapor jacket, whatever. See, I don't know these terms. Vapor but, jacket, yeah. Uh, jacket. Just keep that off of there. Just go back and forth real light, maybe five seconds or so, and then dunk yeah. the whole thing. Ah, you know? uh, uh, okay. So, I mean, it all gets quenched, but the edge gets quenched first. So by the time that edge is cooling down in the oil, the rest of the blade has naturally come down to hopefully by that time lower than 900 degrees. And then when you put it in, you're not getting that, that real hard effect, you know? Right. So you say you don't know anything about what you're talking about, but you just explained all that to a guy that really doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) I kind of know. I don't know the scientific terms and all that kind of stuff. I know the way I do it and it seems to work. Yeah. Works for me anyway. Do you guys ever build anything other than knives? I built my oven. I built my first revolution grinder from scratch. Noise. I built Atta a couple boy. of forges. Huh? I built a couple of what is my microphone fucking up a piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> I uh I built I just bought Brian's plans and built my revolution from scratch. Yeah. And, uh I wouldn't do that again. I'd buy his. I'd buy, I'd buy the kit. Really, eh? It's too much work. It, it is a lot of work. I'm in the process of building two of them right now, and yeah, it's a lot of work, dude. Yeah, and that's you bought. You got kits, right? Nope. No, I bought no, the you're... plans, and I'm plasma cutting all my own parts. All right, nice. Yeah. yeah so you're doing it the gangster way, like I did. Yeah. I'm a fabricator, dude. Grinder, though. Oh, yeah. an angle grinder. Oh my right? god. I did the Holy whole thing with an f- angle oh, grinder. Man. Cutting all that three-eighths <laughs> plate with an angle grinder? Shoot me. Oh, boy. I went through like 25 discs. I, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah it, it took me a long time. To do like the hinges and stuff, I just put all four plates together and welded them. Mm-hmm. And ground, them to, ground them to shape. Yep. And then welded them again. And then drilled the holes. Yep. And... That was a bitch too, because I snapped. I went through with an eighth inch bit, and I snapped it off like three plates in. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, oh no! Mm-hmm. So I went in behind it with with a step bit, and then once I heard the tip of the step bit get to where the bit was, I picked it out with a pick. Huh. Interesting. So, so the hole was bigger, so I had room to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it works. I'd- I just got plans and I sent it to a buddy who's got uh, who's got a CNC cutter. Owed me a bit of money from school, so I said, "Hey, you know what, buddy? Guess what? It's time to it's time to time pay to up." up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> you just cut this for me and we'll be good. There you go. That's sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. such a robust machine. I have the Revolution I built, and then I just built a Bex Armory BA shredder. Nice, cool. From the kit. And, like, if I were to compare the two machines, they're equals. I mean, 
performance wise, they're total equals. Oh, and even Brian will line, say that. Oh yeah, and their center lines are the same. So any of the attachments that you've rigged up for your revolution, you can use on your BA shredder or vice versa. Cool. Um, yeah. The only thing I like, I like the simplicity of the BA kit versus assembling a revolution kit. The revolution takes a little bit more brain power and, you know, work to build because it's more robust plate. And, but I like the, uh, work rest from the revolution better. I have my work rest from my revolution on my BA shredder. You see that new one that, uh, Nick was playing with when they were down there. Yeah. That super angle one. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. I eh? one. Yeah. I, one. <laughs> I think I would want one, one, too. one of those rests. Look at you girls go. I work <laughs> off of work rest too. So those are my jam, you know? And like, uh, to keep it productive or like constructive, what I like more about the revolution work rest is it's cut out for the platen. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you've ever seen any of my grinding videos, but I grind off my work rest and the BA shredder work rest goes up to the platen with no cutout. So I found that like I go off the work rest. Yeah. Right. And I, f- I fucked a couple up and I was like, Oh, I'll just try the, I'll swap them over. Yeah. That can scare Fine. the dog shit out of you. If you, get something snatched in between that rest and a belt. I've sucked a blade down through the rest before. Yeah. That's Ooh, what yeah. I'm saying. Into the, into the bucket. Yep. Oh, into shit. the bucket. Oh. Fuck, you're lucky it went into the bucket, dude. Yeah. Better the bucket than your junk. Better the, <laughs> the bucket than all the fucking way around and getting jammed up in something, man. Yeah. Or not jammed up and flying right back out. I cut a notch out in my bucket so my belt rides inside the lip of the bucket. Oh, interesting. Ooh. I found it it catches more dirt that way. Cause I no don't have kidding. A, yeah, I don't have an air collection system. Dude, that is such a brilliant idea. Fuck yeah. Good job, man. That is smart. <laughs> Feel free to steal it. No, I think I'm going to have to once I get mine He's set up. It. Yeah, I will. It's, it's been, it's stolen. It's stolen. I, I'm not even, it's not even set up, but it's already stolen. I donated it to you. It's fine. Oh, that's... As long as you're not donating things to me that I don't want you donating to me. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, you're weird, dude. <laughs> fucking A. All right, yeah. you fucking weirdos. We go. We've been going an hour now. Lando, you want to explain what's going on here? Yeah, sure. I guess so. So um, for the last hour, we've sat down with uh, Jason Hartwell and Ryan Chadbourne of Hustle and Grind podcast so that we can kind of dive deep with them and get some some insight as to who they are from the Canadian side looking in. What we're going to do now is jump over to Forge Side Chat and continue this conversation from the Americans interviewing the Canadians. And, Are uh, we the first American guests you've had? I fully yes. Mm. Um, yeah. America, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> We've had uh, a couple of Americans kind of call into the show before, but yeah, this full time being one of them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is the first first full episode that we're going to be doing, and it's it's we're going to do it as a special episode. Uh, in between our weekly episodes, but uh, yeah, it'll be the first one. Nice, so. nice. I gotta bring up that little when I jumped in on your episode that one time. You fucked, you fucked my head all up for like two days 
because you cut me off. You muted my mic while I was like mid sentence. And then you're like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? like, what did I do? I was, uh, I was playing off of the uh, knife talk podcast on that one. Uh, yeah. I was great. Craig Lockwood special right there for you. Is that what he does to guests? Yeah. He's got a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> yeah, fucking rude. I was like, wait a minute. What just happened? <laughs> I, th- I may have very well have been one of the first guests that they did that to on Knife Talk. I called in. No, Justin was right before me. He got the axe too. Yeah. So they had this thing on Knife Talk podcast where you could call into the show. Justin calls in and he went to go and say something about can iron. He's like, you guys, I don't know if you know about this, but there's this thing going on called can iron. And they're like, whoa, 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 no self-promotion. So they gave him the axe and then he messages. I was just on knife talk. You got to call in. They're taking callers. So I, I didn't even know what he talked about. Either. <laughs> I call in and I'm like, yeah, I just want to let you guys know about can iron. And they're like, what the fuck? And gave me the axe. <laughs> <laughs> what is can iron? Uh, can iron is a biannual Canadian event that happens. Um, depending on who had it last, it tends to move from province to province across Canada. It's it's been messed up though in uh, in that aspect as to who gets it when. Ontario was supposed to host can iron in twenty twenty got cancelled because of COVID. It was, it's a big in-person event, hundreds of people attend it. It's kind of like a giant hammer in. Um, 2021, they were looking at doing it again and cancelled it. Maybe it was 2020. No, 2021, they were going to have it, they cancelled it. And as soon as the word came out that they were cancelling it, I was like, no, you're not. Why are you cancelling it? We can do this virtually. There's other guys doing virtual events. Canar needs to continue. So Justin and I stepped to the plate and we uh, scheduled up a uh, weekend-long event with uh, virtual demonstrators. And it was pretty much, it was three days in a row of Forge Side Chat podcast. And holy fuck, I was so worn by the end of it. <laughs> it was insane, dude. It was such a good time. Yeah, so can iron's kind of like the abana of do you guys know what abana is? Nope. No. Abana is the artist blacksmith association of North America. Oh, so and they acronyms. hold Yeah, they host events every two years on the opposite year that Canada hosts can iron. They kind of work together in that aspect. So, you know, cool. do Abana one year come up to Canada to do it the next year. So they're not competing against each other. No, they work together. Nice. Yeah. Jason, yeah. you want to shout out the Patreons? Yeah, let me do that Ooh. before we end this thing. Good call, right? Um, while I'm looking it up, Lando, this episode's coming out tomorrow. So for part two, when can the listeners expect to hear part two on your side? Um, I, could, I think I could probably put it out tomorrow sometime. Have it tomorrow ready for tomorrow? Tuesday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, yeah, no. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Ours Tuesday. is coming out Tuesday. I'll have it out Tuesday. Cool. Why don't you do, uh, I mean, you do whatever you want. It's your show. But if you do Wednesday, that'll, like. Give everybody a day. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking is if they listen to yours 
before hours and don't realize it's a two-parter, they might be like, well, this is dumb. It's a good, good call, good call. You know what I mean? Like, leave them wanting it. Our, like, a normal drop day is Saturday, <laughs> but we've got a pretty special drop coming up for Saturday already. So I think, yeah, Wednesday Wednesday or Thursday makes sense, dude. Sweet. Yeah, just let me know when you do it, and I'll, I'll post it up on our Instagram page, too. Beauty. Cool. All right, guys. Patreons. The big thank yous for the week, Donnie Dulovich, KnifeMaterial.at, Aru Bladeworks, Brigham Kendale, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Bex Armory, Todd Harrington, Dennis Terrell, Trox Claire Custom Cutlery, Zachary Sowell, Maritime Knife Supply, Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Henningkamp, Echo Blades, Eric Andrews, and Bremner Built Knives. Thank you all for donating at least a dollar a month to our Patreon and offsetting some of the studio costs and helping us have fun and tickle your ear holes. And uh, we appreciate it. If you want to help us out, go to patreon.com, look up the Hustle and Grind, and give us a dollar. Fuck yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and go to Phoenix Abrasives too. One-stop shop, all your abrasive needs. Save 10% with the promo code HUSTLE10. Do it. All right, now that the bills are paid... Let's end this fucker and jump on over to the forge side. (laughs) Bye. Keep hustling and keep grinding. That was a good one. I enjoyed it.